welcome to another episode of Rambling Ambos, uh, an exciting episode we've got for you today. But joining us as always, Jen, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Lee? Hello, Carl. Welcome. Thanks. Nice to see your your beautiful face again. Yes, yeah, exciting to mm. be here. Mm. And um, how, how have you guys been? What's the, what's the latest? What's the happy haps? I'm mm. about to like have two weeks of swapped shifts and holidays. Oh, nice. oh, so a bit rough and then good. Yeah, no, yeah. good and then it's going to be rough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to pay Lots of back. paybacks. Yeah. Ugh, that's the worst. How about mm. you? Uh, yeah, just been busy at work actually. Finished up one job, started another. So mm. like a bit of a, an intensive period for me. But yeah, yeah. I think I think like I kind of like I kind of like being busy like that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm royally paid off. I know. Tell me. So I found out the voice is not actually real. What did, when you, you know say the, the TV voice. show, the voice. Yeah. yeah. So um, apparently, they're one of the contestants. You know, um, that, you know how they turn the chair. Yeah. For. Yeah. Um, the judge had said the same comment to two <gasps> different contestants, and so the editor got it wrong. Oh, so oh. it was like the same comment, but to two different contestants on two different episodes. I'm really, really interested to hear mm. how you're going to tenuously link this back to our podcast. Well, I was, I was just going to say, has this got me down your week? week? Oh, it's got just you down. disappointing. Yeah. You know, when you think, oh, you know, there's a real story, but yeah. no, it's all fake. Is this real life? You know what you should watch yeah. is RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, we've the editing about on that. This. We've talked about But this. the editing on that is like seamless now. They've uh, really ironed out the kinks. But you can tell because sometimes the contestants have like longer beard uh, um, stubble oh. and then they cut different comments from different weeks in the stubbles differently. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. I think we're getting a little bit sidetracked here because we do have a very special guest joining us on the show today. She's not a clinician. She doesn't actually work in the medical field, but I'm sure her story will strike a chord with you as it has done with us. Because you see, in Australia, the cardiac arrest survival rate is roughly 12%. And she has absolutely smashed those odds. Ellie, Hello. welcome to the table. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. And we're, we're going to hear about um, your journey, um, your, your patient journey. Um, but before we do, I just want to learn a little bit about you. And you used to work with one of us here on the table. I did. I worked with Lee back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They were the days. <laughs> we did days. some good finger spacing of clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and general pants. Yeah. yeah. General yeah. pants. Yeah, general pants. Interesting. Ah, yeah. oh, that's yeah. you know what? That makes a lot of sense because I could imagine Lee with his um greased up <laughs> hair with a with frosted the tips. Frosted tips. Frosted tips. Multi sales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like it was kind of back in the day where emo emo was a thing, right? Like yeah. so I didn't actually mm. have frosted tips, I had like the sweep. I had the oh. swept, swept fringe. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. exactly how I remember you. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ellie, um, this is really exciting for us because we've never actually had a patient uh, come on to the show to talk about what it's like on the other side. We've always mm-hmm. talked to other medical clinicians and, and each other to pick our brains, but um, we haven't been able to hear the story um, from the other side. And you have an incredible story. Um, mm-hmm. and would love to hear about it. And I believe it somewhat began for you back in October 2016. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I sort of um, – I didn't really have any history of heart disease or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it kind of came out of the blue for me. Um, How old were you, sorry? I was 27 at the time. Sure. And I sort of had an inkling that something wasn't quite right. I couldn't put my finger on what part of my body though. Like I just really? had these random sort of waves of – just feeling unwell and um, mm. yeah, it just I, I think I'd even taken myself to an ED twice mm. actually. Yeah. And they just were like, you know, you're fit, you're healthy, you're fine, bye bye. Yeah. And so it wasn't until twenty sixteen, um, when I was sort of 
leaving work one day, very normal day. What do you do for work? Oh, what did you um, do for so work? At the time I was working for a company called Semi Permanent, which uh-huh. is my boss would kill me for saying this, but it's essentially a TED Talks for <gasps> like creatives and designers oh, right. and things. Yeah, so they, nice. you know, fly all these artists over from different corners of the globe and do this big event. And, yep. Um Great job, loved it. Um, but I left, you know, the office and sort of made my way to Redfern Station and then just as the sort of express train was pulling up, um, I sort of collapsed. I had a seizure and then I went into a VF arrest. So mm, wow. just out of the blue. Wow. Right. Mm. And and no kind of prior warning before this? Like um, um, were you feeling well when you were oh, at the station so or? I mean in the lead up to it I had, uh, you know, I think I told my colleague I was a bit nauseous at yep. lunchtime and I think in the afternoon I had a meeting and apparently I just sort of went, white yeah um so they and then you know things like jaw pain which commonly isn't associated with hearts well as a as a 27 year old fit healthy person that jaw pain would not be if if, no no you don't think that when was the last time you went to the dentist like it's not yeah exactly oh i infected too yeah yeah you know a million other reasons Yeah, maybe if you're Um, 75 and severely overweight exactly exactly so i i just sort of put everything down to oh i'm a bit tired Mm. you know haven't had enough water whatever it might be yeah um so yeah it did come out of nowhere so you had a cardiac arrest at redfern station yes And so from that point, um, obviously there's a great outcome because you're talking about today, which is incredible. (laughs) But um, what what happened in, you know, in the in the moments and hours after after that experience? Do you recall anything at the time or? Um, So, I mean, the way it happened was I I sort of, I was so, so lucky. I mean, every cardiac arrest survivor you speak to Mm. is like a miracle. Mm -hmm. I think at the same time, it kind of like relies on a few things lining up perfectly. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. So one of those for me was that uh, a paramedic had started his shift 10 minutes earlier. So he was there. He came straight down as I had the seizure and was literally holding my wrist when I was going into the arrest. So straight away had CPR and then he sort of got two other guys and they were sort of tag teaming. So, um, you know, all my cardiologists have basically said this, this, these are the guys that saved your life. Yeah, Everything else, but it's all thanks to the paramedics. Yeah. Yeah. And did they have an AED? At the station that they went and grabbed. So or? yeah, so James, the the paramedic that first came to me, he um he had an AD, so he ran upstairs to get mm, that, yep. and then um sort of while he was doing that, um oh sorry, not he didn't run up, sorry. Do you want me to start? No, someone, no, someone, <laughs> someone ran up. So he got someone yep. to go run up, obviously, and he's down there doing CPR. Um, and then while that was happening, you know, obviously they're all jumping in and doing it, and then. As they put the pads on, the ambulance arrived. Yeah, and right. I think, I, I, I mean, you guys would know probably the machines a bit better um, from there. Yeah. The oh, so they, they took the one, the AED they took off. The AED off yeah. Put theirs on, mm. one shock back into sinus or something that resembled that. Yeah, and then yeah. off to the, the hospital. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. You're so lucky. And, yeah. and did you, um, when, when they brought you back essentially, were mm. you um, – conscious and, and aware of what was going on or is it a bit of a haze that transport into hospital so i apparently did wake up pretty oh, okay. abruptly mm-hmm. in the ambulance but because they put me in an induced coma when i got to the hospital yeah. all of this is a break right. for me yep. so i yep. had yeah. to kind of it was really weird piecing it together from yeah. everyone else yeah. after mm. um so i woke up you know i think it was four days later 
just I knew straight away something had happened to my heart because I could just feel, you know, the pressure on the chest and things. Yeah. And obviously this really funky rhythm that was new to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was very strange. So you could up. feel that funky rhythm. Yeah, straight yeah, wow. away. Yeah, huh. absolutely. Right. And I, I actually I was talking to Carl about this. Um one of the first things I said to my sister was, I knew it. Like, yes. Just, yeah, it was yeah. almost okay. like that moment of... It's almost well, validation in a way. Yeah, validation, You're exactly. saying, I mean, you, you had that inkling something was wrong beforehand mm. and then, and then I mean, it's not the, the kind of thing to happen you to be, be like... like yeah, yeah, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, no. But, I mean, still incredible that, yeah, that, yeah you, you've made it through because it's such mm. a... Um, oh, it's a... It's, Crazy. It's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute miracle, yeah. Like we know, know that the – sorry, Jen, we know the survival rates. We've spoken about this on the show. Yes. Um, do you, you – I think that was your question, Jen. Like do you know the survival rates of out-of-hospital cardiac yeah, arrest? Yeah, 10%. Yeah, yeah. And for yeah. every, what, minute delay it's like it so reduces by less. 10%. Yeah, yeah. So, so you were just so lucky that you mm. were – probably the luckiest thing I guess is where you had your cardiac arrest, right? Absolutely. Like, and that, I, again, like I've spoken to quite a few survivors and – um, you know, in support forums and things mm. like that. And every single one of them, exactly mm. what you said, Jen, like it just, it's just lined up for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. One's with a, a nurse, you know, right yeah. next to him yeah. or the other one, you know, his auntie was an ICU doctor. Like it's just, yeah. you have to it's, be. It's a, a fairly life-changing event, right? And and this mm. has happened back in 2016. Yeah. So um, I'm really interested, did, did uh, talking at those forums and, and meeting other survivors, I guess, help you on your uh, journey after this and I'd imagine there'd be a bit of a, a mental health aspect to this as well mm. I mean to to have everything that you know and love you know all of a sudden thrown into chaos mm. how's that journey been uh since that date to now mm. and and how how yeah how's how's it been um so I I think the the mental health journey has probably been uh, like harder at times yeah. you know um than the physical because with the physical you kind of have this really set sort of clear set of guidelines. You know, yeah. you've got all your medical professionals around you. You've got um, your rehab team. Everyone's like, here's your target. Here's your goals. Let's yep. move forward. Um, but the mental health is so complex and it's it's so diverse and it's different for every person. So there's not really that clear sort of concise guideline. And yeah. it yep. became really difficult to kind of navigate because another thing is like in the hospital setting, you know, you get a little pamphlet that's like, yeah. go and see a psychologist. <laughs> but yep. the onus is on the patient. You have to so do it yourself. Yeah, you have to yeah. go out and you have to actively <laughs> seek that out. And I think it's really hard to even recognise what you're going through in that early stage because there is so much happening and, mm, yeah. you know, there's stress anxiety um you know ptsd a bit later but it's definitely like a roller coaster and i do still go in and out of waves with it mm, yeah. um and that is because that was sort of the start of my heart journey and so with hospitalizations and i guess different situations mm. um yeah things sort of come back up to the surface and yeah. so then what were you um diagnosed with after this event so i haven't got an official diagnosis a, yep. a name for my condition but it's essentially um they think i had sort of heart disease or cardiomyopathy from a mm. young age mm. that's then sort of impacted mm. uh, and turned into sort of arrhythmias so yeah. I, my main thing is the ventricular arrhythmias yeah um and, and so i have sort of two really nasty ones and then you know a couple of other different ones 
And so I've had like a, you know, a couple of VT ablations and mm. um, there's a lot of things we can do with it. Like I've got a defibrillator yeah, in. Yeah, I was just about to ask, do you have an implant? Yeah, I've yeah. got a defib um, yeah. and I, you know, I take medication and so there's lots of ways to manage it. Um, mm. But yeah. It's what did they, um, do you know what they did in the first stages? So you said yeah. you woke up sort of four days later. Was mm. there any kind of surgical intervention or what, yeah. what did they do in those first stages? So it was kind of a bit of a wait and watch at the start yeah, okay. because um, I wasn't too bad when it like, like obviously the the rhythm was a bit out of whack, but I wasn't sort of going in and out of you know some terrible dangerous yeah. rhythm. Yeah. So um, we just sort of waited and watched, and in that time it was just lots of tests and just yeah, trying to okay. figure out what exactly it was, which we never really did. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't until you know we maybe got like a, a couple of weeks. I think it was two weeks out that I sort of started going into VT again. And so they were like, okay, look, let's put a defib in just to be uh, safe. Right, okay. let's do an ablation. Let's try and So initially VF but then VT yeah. moving forward. VT, VF and it's sort of like sometimes I'll get sort of short bursts of it and yeah. get waves of yeah. it. And so I can sort of manage that at home now. Um, but – sort of recently, more recently, probably because I have two little boys now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, yeah, <laughs> busy. <laughs> mm. um, now that I've got them running around and, and doing a lot more, um, I sort of get sort of more sustained episodes and, yeah. and they're the ones that feel really yucky. Yeah. And, yeah so. Managing, I don't know, that seems like a foreign concept to me, managing VT at home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just yeah. going to manage this one. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it feels yeah. weird to me. <laughs> I don't even know yeah. if I am managing it. But well, <laughs> Do you know when you're in VT, can you tell? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is another thing that I find quite interesting because I you know I've spoken to my cardiologist at length I probably drive more nuts I'm like yeah. what's this what's that what's yeah. this? um but it's it's interesting how some people are really symptomatic and others aren't so yeah. you know some things that I'm you know watching them on and don't go yep I feel that 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 um, you know, my cardiologist will, she'll say people like people walk around with that sometimes. So I don't know if yeah. I'm just super symptomatic or, um, but definitely with VT, you know, you're on the floor and yeah. you feel yeah. like you're about to pass out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty yucky one. And so you've had, um, obviously episodes of VT that you've called ambulances for. How many mm. have you had? How many ambulance visits oh. have you had? It's like, because I mean, our <laughs> listeners are pr- pr- primarily yeah. paramedics. They yeah. probably want to know what your experience has been like. Yeah. I mean, too many probably. Yeah. I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you how many. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually do look after the frequent caller. Oh, t- yeah. <laughs> and your name, hasn't, number one. <laughs> your name right. hasn't been flagged <laughs> just <laughs> yet, Ellie, but I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> yes, I know. That's one thing. I, you just, I, I think I actually put off calling because oh, no. I, is that weird thing of like, mm. oh no, I don't want to yeah. be annoying, you know, if yeah. it's nothing. It's that classic thing, isn't it? it? Is. It's like an yeah. actual sick patient I doesn't call the ambulance <laughs> and yet barrel down the road so who can't get Get a stove to turn on. (laughs) It's interesting because I feel like everyone on shift Mm. would want to go to you knowing your history and and, Mm. and even just being that reassurance to say let's check on the ECG and and have a look at your rhythm and even provide, I mean, yeah. Reassurance. Yeah. Well, it's every paramedic that has come to the house, every time they've come they've said, I'm so glad you called because this Mm. isn't good. Because you're actually sick. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm sort of – I mean, one thing that you obviously want to do each time is you want to go back to the same hospital because yeah. it's where your, the team yeah. is yeah. and that's where your history is. Um, but obviously you guys, like, you can't take us too far. So yeah. it's like it's always yeah. to the nearest hospital yeah. and then and you then get transferred. transferred. Yeah, all that kind well, of Well, sometimes it can kind of bend their arm a little bit. Yeah. I, I think don't know. Well, Does it work? <laughs> As soon as I say cardiac arrest, they're yep. like, all right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yeah. patient disposition. That yeah. should yeah. be the I key wish. buzzword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone else out there don't get ideas. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah. <laughs> you <know>. Exactly. <laughs> no. Has your defib ever gone off? 
since. No touch words. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. so, I mean, you may not know this. I don't quite understand this then. But you've had episodes of VT. But yes. then your defib hasn't gone off. No, no. So I've got an SICD device. So mine doesn't pace or anything. It only goes off when I have like a sustained yeah. rhythm for a, a long period of time. It's oh. basically, you know, fatal or dangerous. So, Do you know how long that would be? Um, so my last sort of waves of VT I was getting were 30 seconds. So mm. I know it's not that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what the duration is, but it, it it's quite complex. It sort yeah. of takes in a lot of yeah. different factors. So, for example, one time I was in rapid AFib for, I think, maybe seven or eight days. Didn't oh, really wow. know either. Yeah. And then I went into VT, but because I'd switched over, it sort of realised that maybe there was some blood pulled or something. So, it didn't do the shock. Interesting. So that is so, so clever. Yeah, so they're that wow. clever. So, um, I'm sure there's so much It didn't want to throw a clot because yeah. of you. So it knew to do that. So I've seen – it's really cool when you go and you like swipe it, you know, to to your download. (laughs) How often do you have to do that? uh, I do it sort of annually usually but six monthly. Is it like linked to an app on your phone or is it like – So they have like a little – it's kind of like an iPad. They're like, Ellie, we need to swipe you. We're just going to download your new program. Just give me a minute to upload (laughs) it. It feels so funny. Imagine like there would be so many people who are anti that kind of like technology. Oh, my God, I know. Anti-vaxxers. They'd be like, you're not putting a chip in me. Get out of me. Yeah. But, yeah. So you can kind of – you get a report back and say, yeah, hey, well. on this date, what were you doing? Because you've had a charge um, but it hasn't gone off. So I've had lots of charges yeah, but okay. nothing's ever So interesting. Off, which wow. is a little bit – like I kind of just want it to happen. Yeah. I just want to know what it feels I've like. I've heard it's quite painful. I, yeah. I've been to I a couple of patients is. who have had um, their defib going off aberrantly yeah mm. and it's been a malfunction so they yeah. actually yeah. have because like the last thing you want to do is a paramedic yeah, but don't is scare stop the poor guests happening. though guys yeah, <laughs> I, was yeah say, no. I, was I mean i'm say. sure they've w- warned you though ellie yeah i was gonna say <laughs> it's, it's so not gonna funny. hurt at all ellie <laughs> and in fact it's gonna save <laughs> your life so yes i went to a group icd meeting probably yeah. oh, three weeks out of hospital yeah. and it was you know support and trying to make you feel really happy about having this icd and i remember this guy got up and he was like I've had 30 involuntary oh, shocks, no like for gosh. no other reason than it just did the wrong thing. Oh. Yeah. And this was when it was brand new and I was like, okay, you're probably going to have <laughs> okay. a little break from well, that. Yeah. Be, I always used to tease grandma because she got a defib and I was like, grandma, you know, this is this is going to never let you die. Yeah, now. you're going to stay alive. You're going to be a skeleton and this yeah. is going to be zapping. Just keep going. Yeah. so macabre. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're funny, aren't they? Oh, it's, it's such an incredible story and I think, um, look, Cliche question. You probably yeah. get it all the time. Mm. Um, when when the event did happen, mm. did you see angels? Did you hear oh. music? Did you what what <laughs> happened there? I know. I'm sorry. I wish I had a oh. really cool answer for you. Make no. it up. Make it up. Make it up. No, yeah. I know. Um, you know what? You should make it up and no. just be like, I saw volcanoes and then spiritual enlightenment. No. <laughs> I it was so and black it, and white for me. But yeah. I did have one thing. I was thinking about it after the other mm. day. I um. When so probably for about two weeks after I got home from hospital, every time I closed my eyes to go to sleep, I would see you know like when you look at a, a bright light or you know yep. you see yeah. like the outline of the, the the image in your eyes when yeah. you close them. Yeah. I would get that, but it would be like an outline of four people standing sort of over me. Looking oh wow! But I just think that that was probably literally oh. like the doctors in the in the room, right, with the fluorescent lights. Going yeah, down. but it's like, interesting that that's like imprinted in your yeah. mind as as a key. 
core memory yeah. of that moment. Yeah. 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 Speaking of those know. people, have you have you had like a meet? Have you met those people I that have. saved your life? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was I that got incredible? To, oh, it was amazing. I just. Oh, that's it, so cool. It was to hear so that. so cool to meet them. So I only I only got to meet two of them. So I got James, the paramedic, and then um, Alan, who's the lifeguard. Yeah. And then there was a third guy, but um, we couldn't track him down. But oh. it was. So if you're listening, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, come and find me. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like sick of hearing it now. I keep saying it, but um. No, it was so special to meet them and just like give them a big hug because you yeah. you just you hear everything secondhand, yeah, and just to kind of just even to meet their families as well as like your dad's a hero, no. like, oh, that's so nice. you know, yeah. so and nice. I guess that's why you know you do this job. Mm. To, but also, to I think like you got lucky that there was a paramedic there. Absolutely, I, you know. I think I don't know. Do you have? You've done some work um, after your event with mm. the Heart Foundation. What's Have you done any work with sort of first responders and t- teaching CPR or advocacy for CPR? I did, a, um, I did a little bit. I did a campaign with um, St John's mm. on CPR mm-hmm. and that was to sort of raise awareness about defibrillators being yeah. put in public places, which yeah. I'm a huge advocate for. Yeah. Um, but it sort of – it's funny we say this PTSD thing but yeah, kind yeah. of doing the CPR made me feel a oh, bit funny. Yep. Yeah. And I yeah, I feel like a bit of a wuss saying that because I know it's so Not at important all. Not and at great. All. Um, but that – yeah, that was – I just realised at the time I was like might be a bit too soon. Yeah, so totally I took fair. a step back. But yeah, I think, you know – we're, uh, the way that the world is going, hopefully, is that mm. people are getting more and more aware that CPR is such a life-saving intervention Absolutely. and mm. to be trained and to do it properly mm-hmm. and to keep regularly mm. sort of training and, and re- recertifying. Well, Absolutely. hopefully the people listening, you're preaching to the converted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I feel like so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if, if not, just stick a Lucas on. <laughs> yeah. So, Ellie, you kind of spoke about the mental health part of your journey before I guess and so how have you found your experiences with Ambo's coming to your house um, I guess post your cardiac arrest and and having to still go to hospital how do you find that whole journey and do you feel like you've been supported by the Ambo's each time you've needed them? Uh, absolutely. I, I absolutely love paramedics. I just feel like they're a special breed of human, you guys. Um, mm. So I just feel like when they come to your house, obviously they're stepping into your world. So immediately, you know, family's there. Um, for me, I've got two little boys. So yeah. they've got little kids running around and it's a pretty stressful situation. So I think straight away they're sort of trying to obviously calm the you know, calm everyone down and make sure you're okay. But inevitably in that process, you're asking questions around you know, how are you feeling? Are you okay? I know you've got a history of cardiac arrest. Don't yeah. worry, we're here. Yeah. And it's just that constant reassurance. And, um, you know, because you're moving the patient as well, mm-hmm. there's that just that back and forth dialogue that inevitably just opens up, I think, um, you know, a bit more of a discussion around how you're feeling yeah. and what you're thinking about and, yeah. and what, you know, where you might have some anxieties. Do, yeah. you, do you see that mm. through the, the health system though as that journey yeah. progresses into hospital? So I think that's probably where it changes is – as soon as you get to sort of an ICU situation, obviously everyone's very busy. Um, it's a bit more clinical. Mm. You know, you don't have access to, to you know, psychologists and things like that. So mm. you're sort of dealing with busy nurses and busy doctors and they do a fantastic job. I want to make that really clear. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, at the same time, yeah, there's sort of less back and forth thing. You don't have that one-on-one for as much time. I was going to say that one-on-one would always make it um, – 
that Ambo experience quite unique. Like that's yeah. one of the you're the, the sole focus yeah. of, of yes. a couple of people exactly. And when mm. you go into a hospital, and I don't know if other patients uh, experience this, but I think being in an ICU ward as well, you're just so aware of the fact that everyone's really unwell. Yeah. So yeah. if you've got someone next to you, like you know, recently I had a little old man across from me. He was mm. just I think he had dementia or something, but he sort of kept getting out of his bed and just falling down, and I could see how difficult that situation was. And mm. so yeah. me sitting here with yeah, I might be in VT, but but I'm okay, so yeah. you, you don't tend it's to sort of bother. The, it's hardly any, the yeah. short stay unit in ED. Yeah. And yeah. That, uh, that must be really hard to kind of manage mentally, though. I think because because you are, you do deserve to be there, and you are sick, and you mm. do deserve, you know, the care and attention of the doctors and nurses there, which I'm mm. sure you know. But I I think you know that that shows that you're quite an empathetic person yeah, as well, because mm. there's definitely yeah. other patients who wouldn't feel like that. Ellie, know? what about like so you've got a very tight. Um, family, really mm. good support network. Yes, and I know do. that your husband, Jared, is has been through a lot as well. Beyonce, yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I what wish I it was my husband. husband. Yeah, no, sorry. soon. <laughs> soon to be. Yeah, um, yeah Jared. so Jared has been through a lot and so has your family. Mm. And yeah. I know you've got some um, really close with your sisters. Yeah. How have they managed this situation? I think it's been really difficult for yeah. the family. Absolutely, Jared, um, you know, and, and my mom especially. Like I think we sort of underestimate what it does to the family and, yeah. and that direct support network because when you think about it, like, I mean, I was, you know, in an induced coma for four days. Yeah. I, I mm. had no idea what was going on. I don't mm. remember my arrest. I, I don't remember a lot Must of been my so recovery. Traumatic for them. But they saw everything and mm. I think, um, yeah, we underestimate the impact that that has. So for my partner, for example, he he's obviously – he's got a lot of anxiety around it and yeah. um, it is – it's terrifying, I think, um, especially because we have had – a lot of, you know, hospitalizations after the arrest and, yeah. and things have been a bit dicey. So, um, you know, he's the one that kind of has to hold down the fort. He's mm. the one that has to call the ambulance. Yeah. And, and then with my mom, you know, I think, well, any parent, I guess, mm. um, you know, going through the prospect of losing their child at any mm. stage in life, um, mm. that obviously has an impact. I think yeah. that's a really good point for us to even keep in mind when we go to these jobs. Mm. And, you know, there's sometimes family can be the, the difficult part. Mm. of the job not the patient themselves but I think it's also really important to take that into account that you know everyone's been through a lot in in Mm. some of these situations and um yeah, just to, to keep it in mind and, and sometimes it's easily to be dismissive of, yeah. of family members. Yeah, I mean members, we're arriving when it's when it's people's worst mm. day and mm. it's not just the patient's worst day. And often it's it's the family's worst yeah. day as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we probably do need to be a bit more cognizant of that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, and as I just said it, I was like, oh, yeah. But it must be difficult as well because, you, I mean, like as we were just saying, you do have to step in and out of these situations. Mm. So there, mu- there has to, to be, be that a, level of We have to keep it at arm's length. Yeah. Look, if you took everyone, um, you know, tragedy on mm. yourself, you just wouldn't survive. Absolutely. But also, yeah, this that level of empathy can degrade over over the years. Especially mm. when the dog comes out and bites you on the hand. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, this oh, little um, sausage dog came and got me once. At this. Oh my and a sausage dog yeah. of all things. I it's know. so cute. Oh, well, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look too end. cute after I was. No, no I'm kidding. But, but I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, we were kind of touching on this a bit earlier off mic but i think it's yeah it's a real you've got to be careful i guess everyone's record like cognizant of the yeah. fact that we get compassion fatigue and we get empathy fatigue mm. um i think that i mean personally i feel like we're better with families um of people who i you know i think are critically unwell yeah, if yeah. I, if you tick my box of being critically unwell i will make more of an effort mentally to kind of touch base with the family and the yeah. patient which is really bad, but I think that for all of those kind of jobs that we compartmentalise as sort of more, you know, moderate to minor, mm. then 
then it's just like, oh, it's well, just another job. Well, our going to be a lot higher as well, right? Exactly, like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so maybe, you know, for other patients, you might get an ammo that you think, oh, God, they're a bit grumpy. And it's like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we've just been to Ellie just before and she's been critically unwell. And yeah. then and then you go to the next patient and mm. it's like, oh, it's really hard to yeah. remember that as an ambo to be <laughs> empathetic. Well, I feel like as well, one thing that, I mean, every ambulance that has come out and every paramedic I've seen has stayed with me. So, I mean, mm. it is such a short time frame to be with someone and obviously caring for them but mm. I remember everyone and mm. it's like they they've all had a huge impact and That's whether great. it's a conversation or you know there was one time where you know I've got a little boy he mm. it's obviously quite scary for him to yeah. see mum not feeling mm. good and on the floor and yeah. you know, having all these cords put on but I remember one of the paramedics she was like talking him through it like I'm just gonna help mommy she's just got a funny heart rate and talking him through it and ever since then um he's basically had this like obsession with the heart <laughs> Oh. And we've sort of diverted into the human body, <laughs> yeah. but um, but just yeah, a little like, cardiologist, yeah. In the well, maybe, yeah. yeah. His his upcoming party, the theme is literally the human body, wow. organs, everything. <laughs> but um, but I think that even those little moments, like it's it's even alleviated his anxiety around yeah. it because yeah. he would always sort of say to me, like, you know, mummy, coming back if I was just going out to get groceries, oh, you're gonna come okay. home, and yeah, you know, so. Again, like we don't see the impact right. on a family yeah. member. Yeah, and right. that's so nice to hear because mm. I think that like yeah. maybe I'm just a jaded, bitter old hag. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know, I kind of go, why bother? Do it? Like, you know, this this interaction is not going to make a difference. And it it's does. so nice to hear yeah. that it yeah. does. It and it's a good reminder yeah. to, yeah. you know, put your smile on for every patient. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Ellie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this story. And, you know, even though it was some time ago, I'm sure, you know, it's a, it's a big st- step to do, I guess. I don't know, like, yeah, um, and and we really appreciate it, and really, I think really it's, appreciate it. Thank it's, you. It's so great for us to get that, to hear the other side of things, and and to hear what you've gone through, and hopefully that can help us, um, be better clinicians when yeah. we're out on the road. So, well, um, I have so much time for <laughs> paramedics, all the time in the world. Thank oh, you for having wishing me. you all the best. Thanks so much for Thanks, coming on. Thank you. Well, we don't have a clinical corner for you today, but what we do have instead is you might remember back in the early days of the podcast, we had a little game called, what's this medical jargon? So basically, I've got a lot of a list of words here um, of some funky organ parts and medical conditions that I'm hoping Lee and Jen don't know about. Is this just your discharge paper from hospital? <laughs> These are all your conditions? <laughs> some of them. Look, Got it helps. Him. It helps. <laughs> but um, guys, the winner... Remember when we, I think we used to have a prize for the win and won a trip to Gosford. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're living up yeah. there, you must have really loved it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a life-changing mm. trip. Mm. So anyway. Didn't you say you got a milkshake from the train station <laughs> or something? I think that was Carl's <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> anyway, well, look, let's get into the game. What's this medical jargon? Jen, you're up first. Yay. Are we taking it in turns this time? We're taking it in turns. Okay. I'm too aggressive at mooing. No, that was mine. What do I? Because remember I have the high-pitched moo. Oh, what do I do? I don't know. Guys. <laughs> I think it was good bands. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're focusing. We're focusing. <laughs> All right. Jen. Yes. The first condition. What is a holox? Can you spell that for me? <laughs> H-A-L-L-U-X. Is it A, 
an extra skin deposit behind your ear or B, your big toe? It's A, 100%. Oh, oh no. Incorrect. Your big toe. It's your big toe. Oh. That's the name for your big toe? Mm. What's your name for your big toe? Right. Number background, two. Background check these. <laughs> what is a pearlicue? Pearlicue. Is it A? Is this for me or Jen? This is Jen. Oh, no. Oh. This is for Lee. Oh, for me. Okay. No, this could be no, Jen. No, 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 no. Jen. <laughs> at Lee. <laughs> is it A, the space between your index finger and your thumb? Or B, a scarred iris? Perlicue. Perlicue. Iris. Ah, Incorrect. It's the space between your index finger and your thumb. Ah. Jen, back to you. We're not we're not doing well. We're not doing well. Your second one. Yeah. What is a filtrum? Spell it. P-H-I-L-T-R-I-M. Hair that grows between your eyebrows, aka a monobrow. Or B, that little groove between the bottom of your nose and your upper lip. I'm gonna go with B. Yes! Correct. She's good. That was a good 50-50 guess. (laughs) Lee. Yes. A julep. Is what? A. The loose flap of skin hanging under a person's chin. <laughs> haven't seen many of those videos. Or B. Born, someone born with two earlobes. Don't we all have two earlobes? As in, I think two earlobes on one ear. Oh. <laughs> Good point. Good pick um, don't help him out though. Yeah. I'm going with the pelican neck. <laughs> the chin? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It is. Yes. One a piece. What here. was that? A julep. A julep. D U L U P. Moving on. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Jen. Yeah. What is a gynecomastia? Gynecomastia. Mm-hmm. Is it a man boobies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or B. Technical term. A vaginal cold sore. Vaginal cold sore. Is that your answer? Yeah. Oh, Incorrect. Because it's a gyne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also the pronunciation was not fantastic. <laughs> Gynomastia. So people get mas- mastectomies. Gynomastia. Gyne- oh, did oh. you know that? Mm. Oh, but I yes, knew- you knew that. No, I knew that one. Gynomastia is man boobies. It's, well, uh, Lee, this one. Yeah, damn it. I wish that was mine. Damn. This is, this is uh, yours. It's to win or lose. Confident. Okay. Okay. It's 2-1. I'm ready. No, it's not. It's one one. No, you just you got We're one right. We're currently one apiece. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but if he wins, if he gets this right, yeah, this is the final one. But he won't. Could am I? All right. The word is frenawu. <laughs> I want the pronunciation of that. Frenu <laughs> might be more correct. Is it a an extra bone growth at the posterior of the femur? Or B, a small ligament between body parts that restricts movement. Can you spell it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. For now. F R A E N U. 
I'm just going to have to go the bone. Wait, hang on. Which A. Oh. All right, guys. Well, you failed both of you. Oh. We've got a tie break here and I've got a tie break question for you. Do we have buzzers? No. I've got a word, but you need to describe what this is. And the person who describes, <laughs> whose description is most similar to what it is, yeah. okay. will win. Okay. 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 All right. So, Galpin is the word. Spell it. G-O-W-P-E-N. Lee, you go first. <laughs> now, galpin. a galpin is something that you can make. Is it medical? <laughs> it's, no, it's medical. My it's my mum's favourite recipe. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Jen, what is a galpin? Yeah, Hang on, so this is a condition? It's not a condition. It, it might be a it's condition. It's just it could be something that you can make. It could be a condition, it could be an organ, it could be anything. Goodness me. Describe what a galpin is now. Um, a galpin is um, uh, when you cough something up, when you've aspirated food mm. and then and then you cough it. <laughs> You're gaping. <laughs> <laughs> you cough gaping. it back up and it's covered in like, like yellow phlegm, but it's also a bit of food. That's oh, a galpin. Okay. I, I think that's enough. Okay. Uh, you make it. I think it's going to be like a bacterial culture that's growing somewhere. You've made it in like the, the flaps of your under, underarms. This is a tricky one. You need to give us more clues then because we're both clearly... I need clearly to give you more clues. Okay. Okay, scrap. Okay. Neither of those are right. Okay. Neither of those are right. So what we're going to do... Yeah. Going to give you clues until you guys can get, get yep. it. Now, a galpin is the space formed by putting what two things together to make a bowl. Lee, move. Your hands? Your hands is correct. <laughs> like you, when you drink tap water out so of the tap. So making a you cup make out a, of your hands. You make a galpin of your hands to right? drink the water. That is right. Wow. That oh, is right. I... Lee, you've won it again. Yes. Congratulations. Um, you can stay in gossip. Winner by a hand. <laughs> that is uh. not... Is, Sorry, that, is that in like, is that in? It's on strange medical. Or Anyway, we don't need to get into it, but that's <laughs> the, the winner. You didn't win it in the first chance when you had. Um, but Ooh. look. And I was actually going to, I was trying to think of the word to describe. Your hands? No, but it's more mm. than just your hands because you can clap. Oh, yeah, true, true, Or true. you could. It's, it's like, it's kind of like the base. It's kind of like the. What yeah, do you, how do like you describe that? That is the. The meaty part. Mm. That is the, what's your... Lateral? What's, I'd say it's the lateral part of your hand. Would you, isn't the like anatomical position lying with your hands up? Or could it be the medial? Anyway, like, so you'd say the medial to, aspect. You're trying to talk about this as if you, you knew what it I was. But no anyway, idea. guys, we're right at the end of the podcast. Jen, you're the, still the only one driving at the moment. What have you got for oh, us? Oh, yes. Now, so this is just like Jen's list of bangers. Today, mm. mm-hmm. I recommend that we listen to... Uh, what is it called? Down Under by Lude. Down Under Chew. by Lude. It's to be, it's a it's a high Chew quality rag. banger. Mm. Yeah. Where would you find this song? Uh, on all streaming services. Yeah. Also, it's a, it's a predominant. It's a, it's TikTok. a prominent TikTok it's a, yeah. song. Jeez, you're a TikTok lurker. But anyway, <laughs> that's all we've got time for, guys. Uh, big thank you to Ellie who came onto the show. She was absolutely awesome. But um, we'll see you next time, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Travelling in a freighter combi 